All right. Well, if you weren't ready, you better get ready. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to the Examination Podcast. Thanks for joining us for Season 2, Episode 15. This week we're jumping into another issue of Marauders, as well as the first issue of the Fantastic Four X-Men crossover. Uh, Joining me on this voyage from Hellfire Bay all the way to the Baxter Building, it's Dane Rainier. Let's go! And Kelsey Strutz. Hello. I think we got a great short episode for you this week, Um, but first... Let's hook up to Cerebro and see what's new in the world of Marvel. Uh, nothing newer today, uh, the 5th of February, than the news that Sam Raimi will be taking over the helm of Doctor Strange 2. Are you guys excited about this pick, or are you scared of more emo dancing? I have no idea, honestly, because it could go either way. He could do a great job, do it horror-esque, as he's done, you know, uh, Evil Dead-type stuff. and. Um, or yeah it it could go spider-man 3 no this has got to be fantastic right i mean sam raimi has lessons from spider-man 3 yeah and he i mean this is a guy who has experience doing both superhero and horror films and you're bringing him on for a doctor strange horror film like how could this not go great yeah my only issue is have they started filming this movie already uh i don't know that they've started filming i know it's real soon it's just it's it's really weird when you change directors that's true that's true but that but that's going to be a change no matter what happens like you can't hold that against Raimi. no no i just man it, it can it can mess with the vision with script writers i mean tonally he definitely feels right and considering his last movie was spider-man 3 I mean, Spider-Man 1 and 2 were amazing, especially yeah. when you take their time and the like when they came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, at the, uh, at the time, I think those were probably the pinnacle of superhero movies, especially Spider-Man yeah. 2. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 was still is very good. Um, I think he brings a lot to it. I I think I don't want to discredit him because of, um, you know, Spider-Man 3, but Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Darkman. Darkman's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Darkman. I was going to say, you know how we talked a few episodes ago about, they've already talked about introducing a new character that somebody's going to prominently feature in it that we haven't seen before they've wanted to get into the MCU? Yeah. I, the more that I thought about it, I think before I'd mentioned the possibility of Wiccan because he does have some like future ties to Doctor yeah. Strange. But the more that I've seen, and I've, I didn't come up with this, I got this theory from somewhere online, but that there's the possibility of uh, Miss America, America Chavez, another young Avenger. Because she is, you know, like the multi-dimensional hopper that she can jump between dimensions that would fit in pretty well and start setting up for, I think, what at this point is an obvious Young Avengers run. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a lot of big events or any of the books that I was already reading. And the Young Avengers issues um, just didn't seem to jump out to me. So, uh, America Chavez, I I hope that's cool, but I'm just not too familiar with the What's the idea of bringing in a new character? It was put out somewhere when they were talking about that there's a character they've wanted to find a way to fit into the MCU for a while and that they were going to do it with uh, Doctor Strange. and That that would be the first Madness. reveal of that character? Yeah. Or, or Well, that a character they wanted to put have a movie for, but they just couldn't find a way to make it work in their earlier plans. And they're like, why don't we put him here? 
So um, okay, so it wouldn't be like Moon Knight them introducing him in the. I mean, it very well could be somebody like that. Kelsey, you had that one last episode. Now it's like everything is Moon Knight. It's got to be right. And we're better for it. But I'll say this. I'm optimistic. I do think there's a potential that a new director could mean new direction. And maybe that character doesn't fit into their plans quite as much. So I think that's worth noting. Um, All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on Doctor Strange. Anything else for you guys? Did we want no. to talk about the Super Bowl um, reveals on the... Um, yeah, that's next on my list. If uh, we're doing Doctor Strange. Sorry, I'm looking um, at the wrong document. Okay, so the Super Bowl um, came out, as always, Black Widow trailer. Uh, Marvel put out some of their TV show uh, types of uh, trailers. What do you guys think of those? Anything stand out to you? The uh, quality looks pretty good in all of them. I mean... They all look interesting. Nothing, nothing new as far as like, oh, you knew Zemo was coming back for the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I do like that though. I like him. I like that. Um, I like seeing the Falcon use the shield. Um, WandaVision. It was kind of cool to see some of the filming of it, like how how they're they're going to show it. It, it reminds me. Did any of you guys play Fallout 3? Uh, yeah. Uh, there was a, a part in that where you get into a little pod and it locks in your brain and you get sent to like 1950s, you know, sitcomville, basically. Right. Like mm-hmm. on a nice little cul-de-sac. It, it, it's like that. where it's, it's it's like Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> it's nothing like anything with Brendan Fraser. Shut up! That's a great um, film. The idea that I also that love Brandon Fraser, but it's I just nostalgic kind of world that you're in. Everything's hunky dory and happy and slice up apple pie, but something's not right under the surface. I eat that stuff up. Yeah. Oh, me too. It's One Division's by far the one that I'm the most excited for, and part of it I think it would be that way anyway. But jumping back on this Young Avenger train because I'm Omega hype for it. That I think we've clearly seen uh, an introduction because there's the two cribs there of Wanda and Vision's two children, which would be uh, Magic and Speed, the the twins. So if there was ever any doubt, which I've been like hoping for this ever since like first Ant Man, where like his daughter Cassie even just had a name drop, I this has to be it. It's coming. Yeah, I, I think um, we saw two past fires in the Super Bowl trailer. Um, the date on WandaVision is December. The date on Winter Soldier Falcon is an August release date. And Loki appears to be coming out 2021. I think all those shows look great. Uh, we got Black Widow first. I think that comes out in May. So, um, and side note, I didn't put it in the notes, but apparently the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie is surpassing all expectations and like a super success. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buzz on it. I know. Right. The, the buzz on it is super bad. high. Particularly, um, Ewan McGregor, Margie Robinson, and uh, Ewan McGregor as the Black Mask. Yeah. So, um, that pretty much wraps it up for the news. We will go ahead and take this time transition to this week's issues. Doing a recap for Marauders. Uh, Kelsey, take it away. Yeah, um, the Marauders kind of left us on a big cliffhanger that they basically did not resolve. 
Um, so instead, it the cover shows uh, Callisto uh, wearing all white. So from that beginning, I go, hmm, what's going on here? So it opens up with a text message from an unknown sender who I believe is from the X desk. Um, someone basically, you know, who is uh, aware of or he's met Kitty Pride. He's kind of warning her of what's going on. Um, you know, it's it's a question of where that timeline is when he sent her these texts and everything like that. Um, but it it kind of continues along that line with the memos of wondering who it is behind this X desk and uh, who they're linked to. Obviously, these people are out of D.C., so the U.S. Um, but we enter with Callisto uh, going to the White Palace, Jewel of Hellfire Bay, and she thinks that, I guess, Emma is being hurt or something like that, and instead she's just standing around in lingerie, which apparently is just what Emma Frost does. Uh, she is there with, oh gosh, what is that guy's name? Jumbo Carnation, who is her designer, and he was brought back. And he is fashioning a suit that uh, is all in white, obviously, because everything in this scene is white except for Callisto. Uh, Emma basically proceeds to offer her the position of White Knight, which Callisto takes, and then cuts the sleeves off of her new outfit. Um, they cut over to Island M, uh, where everyone gets off the boat. Obviously, no one is aware of what Kitty Pride has has happened to her. And uh, then we cut to Vivendi. Is that how I? No, Verendi. Is that right? I think so. Verendi. Okay. We cut to yeah the the Verendis watching this happen because they have planted Yellow Jacket inside of uh, Pyro. By the way, how does Yellow Jacket survive inside of Pyro over a long term period? I hope he has like food, but like pim particles. Um. Yeah, pim particles. Anyways. But they're... <laughs> But they're they're kind of showing a free segment of the juicy information they'll be able to get to the Russian ambassador, um, selling it off for, oh, I think different technologies for mutant dampening, etc., things like that. Um, the Russians will be in touch, and I have to bring up the odd Verendi um, hand symbol that I cannot do as I am per currently attempting to do it. <laughs> but the weird V thing they do. Uh, we cut now to Madripoor again in one of the gates. Bishop is going to go look and see what happened to Kate. Gets in a fight with Manuel and Duque. And, Duque, and he is able to find himself a little manifest or a little... Um, Oh gosh, what uh, just a, his own memo, a memo within within it. Uh looking for a recovery. Let's see, it allows him to yeah, it's a salvage recover one of its ships from deep international waters near a home port, providing a fixed remuneration irrespective, irrespective of the recovery. Yep. Okay. And so <laughs> he then goes in Oh, did you have more to add to that? No, no, no. I you're good. I was I thought you were ending, so I was gonna 
Keep going. No, because he's got he goes onto the ship, which then they cut over. There's a lot of jumping around in this one. Uh, they cut over to Arizona, Rio Verde, where Mask is playing golf, which he is not good at, but he enjoys the game. And sort of Callisto talking about kind of what they've been offered from the White Queen and things like that. He kind of warns her about it. Um, talks about if she's upset about Kitty calling the group the Marauders. And, of course, uh, Callista responds with Kate. So, you know, there's that. More from the ex-desk uh, about the drugs being moved. Now that I'm reviewing things, I, I realize a lot was happening here. We get um, a little more idea of with the Quiet Council not being aware of where Kitty Pride is. Um, Sebastian Shaw's obviously ha ha ha, kind of cool with that because they're at an impasse. And then the final scene of some individuals in Madripoor Bay pulling a Lockheed that they say is dead out of the water, but obviously no Kitty Pride, which might lead to Quentin's theory of her not actually being dead, which would be a load of baloney. <laughs> or at least not like, found. This is like, I, I have lots of feelings. Yeah, there's lots a lot going on in this. Like, reviewing it again, there, it's jumping all over the place and finishing nothing. So, Dane, did, did we like this issue? I will say I don't think it was the strongest of the Marauders. It would be on the probably the bottom end for me. I mean, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Kelsey, where do you put it with X Force last week? I know people were down on X Force. Do you think it's that bad? Do you think it's a little better? Okay. This. What about Kelsey? You keep saying this book had a lot going on. I couldn't disagree more. I don't think anything happened in this book. I I mean more as in scene jumping and. There's a lot of transitions and different a of, scenes. There's but, a lot of transitions. There's no but like there's not a ton of meat revelations. Because Callisto Callisto joins Team White is like the That's whole the only book. new thing. Yes, that that is the only new thing. Every and show. and we have a different artist. We have Stefano Caselli, and it's very noticeable. Not that he did a bad job, it's just oh, and, different. And, and Bishop does basically nothing. He he at least does something. I will say he, I thought Bishop's Bishop solving mysteries was the, the best part of this. Yeah, going undercover. And I like the visual um, M on the eye as like the indicator that it was him. I thought right. that was like a fun touch. I think the Bishop pages in this uh, were just, the. I don't know. The, I just, just don't think anything else happened. No. I mean, we already knew Kitty Pride was gone. So that whole last part's like, oh, oh they. The whole, I mean, like, I get that there were some cool scenes like adding Callisto, but like that came. I mean,. That was the cover. The cover told me that. Well, and honestly, who really cares? Okay, I have more thoughts on this issue, but sure. I'm not sure I could talk about them until we talk about the other issue. So how do you guys feel about transitioning to to recap Fantastic Four X-Men and then maybe talking about them both? Sure. Yeah, I do that. So Fantastic Four X-Men this week, uh, the X-Men set a plan in motion to recruit the Omega-level mutant Franklin Richards to the island of Krakoa, specifically by using his relationship with Kate Pride. Tensions are high when the X-Men arrive, leading to a fight. But Franklin finds out his father, Reed, has broken his trust by masking his mutant gene and keeping him from using the Krakoa portals. Then Kr Franklin makes up his mind and stows away on the Marauder to head back with Kate. This plan hits a snag, however, with the appearance of Doctor Doom. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I think this was a very comic booky feel of book, and I think that's helped partially by the art. What uh, What did you think of this book, Kelsey? I was not 100% thrilled with the art. There were some panels that just looked sloppy. Um, it, it, and I told you guys this earlier, it, it felt like there were panels missing. Yeah, what'd you like, mean by that? Like, well, let me let me find a for instance. Because I'll say I was generally pretty positive on this issue. I enjoyed the art and it. The story's maybe a little basic, but I thought it was true to all of the characters that were in it. And honestly, as an X-Men reader coming into this, I really enjoyed the Fantastic Four part of it. Yeah, so right away, just looking at the book, it, it's got a different feel. Um, there's blues and yellows, where there's normally black and white. Yeah. Um, the There's circles, where there's normally squares. They, they definitely did a lot to make it clear that this isn't just an X-Men book. Um, well, some visual cues. It's okay. produced well in that sense, yeah. Little The little things like um, Reed Richards uh, kind of working on his science stuff, and Ben Grimm t- comes in to confront him. And it's like three panels, and then gone and then suddenly three panels with you know susan and i don't know it just felt like there were like points in it that you'd have a sudden change and and you're going why why no no um transition like a better transition yeah so okay the human torch fight scene and then suddenly the X-Men are all there across town. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Just, it, it just, just seems odd. Seems very fast. Yeah. Yeah. That That's all. I mean, it, it was an enjoyable issue for, for sure. I, I liked it. There were, there were some odd art choices. Um, like, okay. Magneto being put into a ball. Uh, <laughs> and, an and, and his weird. costume. It, it it just looked weird to me, but then again, I'm like, well, he's in a force field ball. It's supposed to be uncomfortable, so, and, you know. It, it feels like communication wasn't great between the creation of this book and the rest of Dawn of X. So, I, I kind of want to jump in here, because this yeah. is where I kind of um, found a lot of issues. I don't find any fault with, like, an artist or a writer in any of these books, but I have to think, like, what is editorial doing? Because every issue that I had with both of these issues, I feel like kind of comes down to like whether it's timing of like Kitty Pride is cliffhanger dead, Lockheed cliffhanger dead, but then they're going to reveal that they're still alive in the same week that these two issues come out. Like, couldn't they have put off this book a week or like two so you at least got to set on the fact that they're not back? Well, do you take this was... to have occurred after yeah. Kate's death? Yeah, and yeah, I take it as before. So, so, so then I go, I thought about that. If this takes place before, where are my stakes at guys? Like where, where am I like, like how much does this issue matter? Like this is a big mini event. This is a crossover. This is the first X-Men crossover post Hoxpox. Yeah. What do you, but I don't think anything and, and, and about. And it takes place before the Dawn of X issues. It doesn't have to go before the Dawn of X issues. It just has to go before Kate dying i mean to me that's a major missed opportunity that the fact that we're even having this confusing conversation is one thing and then we get into some of like the inconsistencies like 
Um, one of the things that weirdly bothered me is a thing I love that he did in House of X is Resurrection, the five. Um, then we get into our Gene, Storm, and Professor X and Beast kind of work together to create this water tele- telepathy device. And yeah. Storm's on a ship with Iceman, yet they're using Storm's powers to make a projection of Iceman back at Kokoa. And little inconsistencies like that are an editor's job to make sure that they work. Or, or put in a note, this takes place before Marauders, which is coming in this week. That's what editors do. I, well, yeah. I will say the timing thing doesn't bother me as much. It's just, it is a little weird to me that you're putting it in the same week as an issue where kind of the underlying mystery is the fact that Kate is gone. But if like I said, that's, that's right. an editor thing. I, I think there, I'm maybe again, I'm, I'm hoping putting out hope that this could cross as we go a little forward and kind of make sense. But given the small inconsistencies, I'm not super hopeful about that. My, my hope is you can get kind of a change in this story. If, Franklin's on the island because of Kate, and now Kate's not there. Like, how does that change things? I mean, you're asking for things to be better in the future. And I, I'm just saying as a selfish person this week, a uh, person sure, sure. spending $3.99 instead of, or, or, sorry, $4.99 for this issue. Because it's a crossover. Is- they're asking you to pay more. And I'm getting, in my opinion, something that's degrading the value of everything here. And I'm not, I don't want to be completely down on the artist and writer because I think they wrote a story it just kind of detracts from what was already in place instead of adding to it for me see that didn't i I don't think i had the same opinion as that it doesn't detract from me there's little things but it's pretty quick for me to brush them off i feel like this is the exact same conversation we've had about um avengers children crusade by the way like the small yeah the difference and it feels like that i I see it having costumes wrong for example um like kate Kate pride doesn't visually look right like so if this is before the newest issue is a marauder like why isn't she in that marauder's outfit like small inconsistencies take you out because they have a big opportunity here they have a huge opportunity to be the best thing that happened to x-men in years and i feel like this is a big misstep what were you saying kelsey well like cyclops's costume yeah stuff is a little off which isn't Obviously, it's not ideal, and like you're right, it's this isn't this is the Kate we've known before. Well, in reality, this is Kitty. Yeah, this is yeah, Kitty. and it's not necessarily Kate. So, to in to that extent, you're right. And the more you've talked, you've actually swayed me a little bit. I guess just reading it from the perspective of, I think it was fun, and it was a pretty quick development. It was kind of a self-contained part to the story. That it's just how do we get franklin on team x and it seemed like a a logical and entertaining way to me because more than anything x-men is the team book fantastic four is the family book and it was a family problem that ultimately got a teenager to run away you know and and not only that but it came from reed who like is sort of a a nice guy but a a terrible father (laughs) in a lot of ways you know what i mean because i want to be fair to you in that sense because i do think what as you said that, like taking the teenage runaway, you know, betrayed by my family storyline yeah. and combining it with mm-hmm. that family element of like, I think that works really well. I'll also say like, I don't care about Doom showing up at the end. And no. I think that's, I think they, they should have, you know, one thing Christopher Nolan does at the beginning of every movie he does is he, 
gives the villain enough time to matter and seem important. And I know they're trying to balance a lot of things, but I just, I would have liked to see if this is going to be a mini series and a, only a four issue thing, I would have liked to worry about something. I would have liked some sort of seed planted here because Dr. Doom, I'm sure in the next three panels will be revolved resolved. Well, here's, I, I'll say this a couple of things. I think there's a possibility. Doom may not be the villain. Oh, I agree. But the other thing is, you you specifically said seed planted. I think there has been a little bit of a seed planted that if maybe, you know, both in the reader, but also in uh, Ben Grimm's mind is when Franklin tells him, have you ever wondered why the smartest guy in the universe who can solve every single problem can fix everything but you and me? And it's yeah. it's further reemphasized when Ben goes to talk with Reed about something. He's like, oh, Reed, I needed some mundane objects moved. And, yeah. you know, the fact that, like, it's it's at least planted that seed that maybe Reed is, again, kind of being an ass. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee them going that direction because you don't want to sabotage the work that they're doing on well, the, the Fantastic Four series. It, it could also be the fact that um, Ben Richards or Frank Franklin. He's a. Uh, uh, he has reality warping powers, if I'm correct. Right. right. I think yep. it's a cosmic scale reality. Yeah. So he is not technically a teenager, if I recall, too. Yeah. They said something about uh, there was some fluctuation in time. It was from and that I, Omega. Was that from the Scourge? I don't you know, know, it's hard to say there. I, I don't mind them depicting him as like a, an old child or a young teenager. Well, and here's my thing. They're in that zone. Who's to say with his changing to a teenager hormonally and everything like that and his powers really flaring around that he is not creating doom in this scenario? That doom's yeah. not really there. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, his subconscious hormones, you know, who knows? I, I'll say this, though. I think um, we've one of the things that most excited me about Don of X was the idea that you've got an editor and Hickman running the shit. Yeah. Like they, you're sharing duties. Yeah. How are things this should all like be consistent short up? Yeah. Like if anything, like you're paying two people or two people are taking on the title and role of editor of the X branch. And it's like, how is this slipping through? Like you, you're trying to get me to buy a comic for four ninety nine. Like give me a four nine, give me a higher quality comic than I should normally have because you're paying two top level executives. I know editor, I don't want to get in the logistics of how much people make at Marvel, but I'll just say like, get your stuff in order. <laughs> yeah. It, you are right. In the sense that like, if we were to call them the director of this as a film, it feels yeah. like a, a problem, a good yeah. story. I don't think the art is bad, but it is like, you can, you can polish that off and make this great. And yeah. it is like, falling a little short of that because of the that. Russo brothers. You're paying two directors. I assume I'm sure they make a little less than normal directors, but like you're paying two directors and they made the highest grossing movie of all time. So nobody's mad yeah. about that. But here I have inconsistencies. I have one storyline being ruined by another storyline because they came out the same week. Like, it's like, I feel like we can do better. And I'm not saying I'm going to quit because I'm enjoying books to a degree. But if you want to continue to get my money, please shore up some of these things and think about your reader and what makes a good value for them. But don't you think as far as this story goes, that's already done. 
Because I can't fix those problems at this point. I mean, you're you're saying that this was bad and it's too late to fix it. Well, I'm I'm just saying as far as like the Fantastic Four X-Men, I'm not saying it can't be better in the future, but I have to think Fantastic Four X-Men is almost like mostly done Finished. or at least all laid out. Maybe not every panel was done being drawn, but, but I have to think it's all been the, the laid out. Yet. All, all there. Oh, I don't expect Fantastic Four X-Men to get better. Okay, you just mean I, in the future. I just mean like if you want people to buy your comics and if you want to keep, you know, you want to make money and sell comics, like this isn't the way to do it. So I have a specific thing about this comic that struck Go me as it. weird. And I don't know if I'm crazy, but... Did anybody else get the impression from this comic that Kate can fly? Oh, yeah. What was that? She There's three times. One, when she pierces the, the force field bubble. She's coming in from like an upward angle, clearly, yeah. and going through it. Two, her and Franklin, when they leave, are flying. I, I guess maybe you say that's Franklin? That's maybe doing it. But then at the end, on the boat, Again, she's clearly suspended in the air. Panels. It could be Doctor Doom using a spell to get a hold of her or something. But now we have three instances. Like if it were just one, I'd be like, maybe I'm just seeing this wrong or I'm crazy. But there was three distinct instances where she is flying. I I got that impression. Which doesn't make it. It really made me think. Like, did I miss something? And then I'm like, that would be crazy. Panels. Because I'm reading every X book. But that's like I told you, it feels like there's missing panels. Like there's something like, wait, how did you get to this point? So I think the thing is, you got to remember, like when Hickman said that you're not supposed to read all the X books and they might not all be for you. I think he meant like you're not supposed to read all of them and assume (laughs) that there's more issues out there. Don't read everything. Read them all. You understand that we're a mess. (laughs) (laughs) We read between the lines of that tweet. Yeah, I mean. I I don't know. I the some of the instances where you think she's flying, I'm like sometimes when she phases, she can phase up out of things. So I'm gonna let some of them go, like her phasing through force fields or something. But she's starting up and coming down. Well, she was fa- she was phasing through an, the atmosphere, Dane. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's a great stopping point. Um, I I'm gonna give these a chance to impress me. Um, and Marauders definitely has had its share of strong issues, but what do we have? I think week? my message to the editorial and my writer would be people like the cast you put together. Let's focus on them. Yeah. And th- I think it's a great cast. I think Zdorsky and Dodson are great. And I think this story has the potential to have a big epic feel, but it just, it has to come together. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's to me, it's like, okay, Hickman's going to do some non-narrative things and give me some monologuing and information. I don't want that from Marauders. Marauders is where I want my story focused character. Pirate action, suspense. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, with that, it's time to head to the danger room. And we're super excited this week for a special danger room. families together more than the big game and props to my Kansas City Chiefs on winning their big game 
But alas, I'm not talking about that big game. I'm talking about a superior game. A homo superior game. Kelsey and Dane will be drafting a football team and competing for the ship. The only rule is every member of your team must be homo superior. That's right. All mutant football team. I, your commissioner, will determine who won the draft after each member picks six teammates. All six must be assigned a position that cannot overlap, and they must, they must, like, you can have two linebackers, you can't have two quarterbacks, essentially what I'm saying, unless you're pulling some sort of, like, crazy thing. They're, they're going to draw six people, draft six people, justify why they're there, why they're a good pick, and then at the end, I'll determine who won our first ever homo superior bowl. But first, the coin toss. Um, Kelsey, hey. you're the home team. Heads Ooh. or tails? Heads. The, the away team gets to call, but that's fine. Oh, I'm, um, I'm giving it to the home team. All right, and it was heads. All right. Uh, first, uh, first pick, multiple man. Multiple well, man. Already took that one from me. Position any of them. Well, can I get one specific? Because you can't overlap. Mm. I can't overlap? You cannot overlap. Like, you can't have two kickers. So, like, if you pick multiple man, it's kickers. Wide receivers. So, your wide receiver is multiple man. Well, yeah, because he can be all the wide receivers. You know it's a six-man roster, though, right? Yeah. Okay, so okay. I can overflow your – you get to use your powers, right, in the game? Yeah, unless it gives you a penalty for having too many people on the field. <laughs> oh, you can only have six people on the field? Yeah. That wasn't mentioned. I like these mm. rules. All right. Kelsey, and the next the draft pick. pick. Thanks. All right. Appreciate that. Glad I know the rules now. All right. Like a fool, Kelsey did not draft for the most important position on the quarterback. field. Quarterback. Absolutely. And when you need a quarterback, you want an accurate leader. And there is nobody better at strategy and accuracy with even trick shots than Cyclops, a classic leader. A, I think technically his power set also includes like trajectory stuff now, which is dumb, but master of stratagems, leadership, and, you know, he's got his own built-in protection. He's his own offensive line. You start sending a linebacker barreling down on him, he's going to have the linebacker eating dirt with an optic blast. So Cyclops leading this team at quarterback. Mm. Yeah. I, you uh, know, I, I like that. I, I like the mental leadership aspect, but I got to say, like, physically, I don't he's, think he brings that much to the table. He's just a peak human, but he's given me arm accuracy. He mm, protects okay, you, himself. Imaginary arm accuracy. Okay, that's great. Uh, Kelsey, your pick. Yeah, defensive line is uh, the juggernaut. Oh, we got a juggernaut. We got uh, no guard. Do I give you a spiel on why the juggernaut would be great as the defensive line? He is the unstoppable force. I no think you, yeah. blast is going to stop him fast enough. Before he gets his hands on, on a puny Cyclops. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right, Dane, your pick. If I got the juggernaut barreling down on me, I need a I strategy to get past that imposing defensive line. So at running back, oh, we're going to be starting Kate Pride. You may Ooh. be unstoppable, but I'm untouchable. Ooh. Good one. Good one. You know, that's kind of hard to argue with. Uh, yeah, I can't, back I can't, that can't be that. tackled. Um, Bring it on. Okay. 
let's see, uh, uh, I need an O-line, so I'm going to go with the immovable blob. All right, all right. I imagine the protection will be strong. Yep, you have to go very strong. quite a ways around them. Yes. And to be honest, by putting Kate Pride in the running back, she's not going to be able to get past him. Your best weapon. Not going to be able to get past who? Blob. Like she's well, going to be playing on his back. offensive line. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. As a defender, she might be able to get through and sack a little bitch boy. Oh, I see what you're saying. saying. She, can't, she can't just pierce through the block. Yeah. She's on offense. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm gonna need somebody. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna punch through the blob, I I can go for power, but I think there's a combination of power, speed, and technique that I'm gonna need. So I'm going to take Namor. He's got mm, on the defensive line. He has the bull rush move. He's gonna have the agility for the spin move. And worse comes to worse, he'll just fly. So so where are you putting him in at? Oh, he's no. going to be my my pass rusher, my defensive line. I feel I feel like flyers are just that's cheap. No flyers. Well, I but... I actually have some problems with that. I think this is going to cost you because you're going to tell me that he's not going to rough the passer. He may. He may. You're, you're going to tell take... me that he's not going to be sat getting all those penalties. We're going to have to take some licks. I understand. You know what's there, but I think Cyclops knows even on the other side of the you know the field he knows how to handle this guy right i told you about was it second coming there's that fantastic part in it where he's putting together these teams to like pr- protect utopia and who's going out and he's like rogue so you get- tell me quarterback's gonna help your defensive line you got it he's not even on the field he's gonna keep him in check all right he tell he tells namor that where you know he goes or he tells rogue you got to tell namor we need him here he's our strongest and then that next panel namor's like your leader is correct. Yeah, it sounds like you told him that in Don of X. He knows how to handle it. Well, I got to be able to deal with Namor getting around the blob. So I need someone with very good reflexes, good marksmanship, and the ability for things to just go right when she needs them. So I'm going to pick Domino as my quarterback. <laughs> oh, you Kelsey, you didn't see my Facebook message, I take it. What? Okay, oh, so oh, we got Domino. So, special? No. That's just that's just heaving a furry Canadian at things. What? You're crazy. All right, so that's... Domino at quarterback. Your philosophy is, you know, just that lucky break you need. Well, she's also a marksman and has good reflexes and agility. It's true. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I sometimes luck is all out. you need in, in football. You know, one person, you just need that receiver one bounce to, of the ball. to catch that ball against his helmet. Just you know, I, honestly, Kelsey, I would be thinking about that Kitty Pride weakness you have. Yeah, and I, I, I would have put her no on defense way to stop see, as a safety. The only person who can stop Kitty Pride from getting through. No, nope, no. Nope, Unless you got some, nope. I don't know. Domino's my quarterback. All right, there you go. I'm all right, we're at, we're at pick number four, Dan. All right. Pick number four, if if you're telling me you don't think Scott can keep control of Namor because he's on the offense and Namor's on the defense, I'm going to take somebody who can keep Namor under control. She's going to be my middle linebacker, the leader of my defense. And here's what happens. Pre-snap reads, you're in telepathic form, getting the play. But as soon as things shift over and you got to get physical, you go diamond form, Emma Frost. Come on, are we really going telepaths? 
diamond formation. Yeah, she's she can re- she's reading your quarterback. No, I, I know what do. I'm just saying it's such a cheap. And she's a heavy hitter after you. after the snap. Because you're like, oh, here I'm gonna take Professor X. He just tells you to put the ball down. Don't like it. Scoreboard. We got a challenge flag. He's he's calling out the secondary yeah, mutation, on, trying to really decide. With... <laughs> can, really can you pull out a secondary that? mutation? Is that is that fine, or just pulling out secondary mutation? No, I'm just talking about telepaths. Telepaths in general, mind control. Mm. Stop me. So I have I have my fifth pick, right? Yep. I'm gonna go with Professor X because he's got mind control, and his position is coach. <laughs> Dude's in a wheelchair. Scott's going to blast him from the opposite sideline. He's in the coach. He sits on the sidelines. It doesn't matter. We'll take the one penalty. I got to think the penalty for attacking the other team's coach. We'll take it. 15 yards, back it up. Yeah, okay. But but, but if there's a penalty for attacking, then you got to say that any type of mind manipulation is there for attacking. Dude, the only person with roster spots to spare is is Kelsey. What do you mean? Because he can just multiple man if somebody gets hurt oh that is true he's got a bench he's got a bench yeah (laughs) yeah he just pulls out another multiple man i don't hate it i don't hate it all right so you've got a coach all right my fifth pick fifth pick i'm gonna take a my cornerback who's got to be covering it's gonna have to be a lot going on gonna have to be moving around the field quickly Adaptability is the name of the game in football Darwin. nowadays. I'm going to take Rogue. Oh. <laughs> share a little power here, share a little power there. It could come at a cost. You know, don't want to drain too much. But even not draining powers, she's still, you know, superhuman strength, toughness, uh, flight. So she's going to be covering the ball for me in my uh, defensive backfield. Yeah. So what do you have? You have. I have a quarterback, a running back. A defensive line, a linebacker, and a corner. Okay, then I will take a safety. I'm going to take Avalanche. Mm. All right, all right. What what was the theory behind Avalanche? theory is Kate Pride can run all she wants, but she can't run if there's no ground beneath her. Okay. Oh, I like that. Shut down defense. That's a a targeted draft pick, and I am about it. (laughs) To be honest, I'm going to say, like, the the only thing I feel like really putting you ahead right now is that Kitty Pride. Like I think that was something, not not the only thing, but the only thing that I think was undealable with it. He just dealt with it. What's your response? Yeah, All right, well, there's an easy work. response here. The ace in the hole that I should have drafted number one overall, but left at the end because I thought I could get away with it. Playing wide receiver or really any position needed at this point. I'm playing Hope Summers. All your powers are belong to me, and mine belong to me. Yeah, I don't know what she does. She copies the powers okay. of mutants around her. So I got a 11-powered mutant here yeah, running that's through with pretty, my offense. That's a pretty good one. I mean, I still have Professor X, so... Well, I'm going to steal your psychic powers to shut down your psychic but powers. She or doesn't something use them as well. Her, the, she doesn't gain the experience that they have with them, correct? Correct. But she can hold them off long enough to Scott to zap that bald guy in the face. Hmm. I'm going to need a minute here. So my first read, something sticking out to me is Dane's got two power thieves on his team. Um, Doesn't really have, you know, Cyclops power doesn't seem that great. 
Uh, but we do have Blob out there. We got Juggernaut out there. We got Professor X out there. But Emma Frost and Professor X had to master their craft. So I don't see her taking those, either of them taking that effectively. Well, uh, Multiple and- Man also not effective, but he does have no more. A real Granted, stick. I grabbed multiple man before knowing that he couldn't just be four wide receivers at once. I'm glad you um, was things sorry. like that. What what's your stop on Juggernaut hey, though in Blob? And, I don't I don't really see. With, well, he's gonna run past Blob. Juggernaut. I don't I don't not think with Avalanche out. in the backfield, and I you got to touch Avalanche Jill's powers with Rogue. Well, hold on though, but Avalanche, Blob and. And Juggernaut on, on opposite sides of the ball. I only got Correct. to deal with one at a time. Correct. Juggernaut and Avalanche are on the same side of the ball. Also, Hope Summers can't steal the Jim Kratorak, which I feel like... Oh, gives... also not a mutant. I thought, um, he, I thought he became a, like, technically... As time went on... As time, as time went on, he, he gained a mutation or something like that. No, you, you, you might, be you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the special ruling, like import slot. Like he's been a member of the X-Men. <laughs> we're we're going to rule that he can, he can be on there. Okay. And, and with okay. that in mind, the Crimson Couturac, here here's what I imagine a lot of the game comes down to. Juggernaut's going to injure people. Juggernaut's going to take people out of the game. He's also immune to mental attacks. And, and I can suspend him. I can take him out of the game. So you but can I can't him on defense, by the way, Dane. I think multiple man wins it because here's the deal. If as people get injured in this epic battle, multiple man's the only person who can get people on the field. I think I'm gonna give Ooh. it to Kelsey. Sweet. See, my next pick was gonna be Elixir to play team medic, but we just you didn't have did. enough team slots. <laughs> you gotta have a team doctor. Uh my I mean, you have a coach. My ju- yeah, my coach, I was going to say, he's Professor X and therefore can read uh, Bill Belichick's mind on how. <laughs> yeah, but he, he ain't calming down Juggernaut whenever he gets to his problems. Well, I don't I don't care about that. I, I expect yeah. Juggernaut to be like Clay Matthews. If you're you do, no one him, contains Juggernaut. If, if you don't gonna, want if that. Gonna, if you're going to penalize him for roughing the passer, he's going to really rough the passer. Because I got to say, I commend you for an on-the-fly adjustment to taking care of Kate pride. I thought, well, that and was... I didn't want to do it with someone just overpoweringly powerful. You know? I know that avalanche. She can't walk on. She can't fly. As far as we know, maybe, you know, <laughs> right. based on these last issues, when, <laughs> once we get that retcon in, we'll see who's got the super bowl. Right. Yeah. Um, Dane, I, I, yeah, I really, I, Kate I think pride. Kate pride was the best pick of oh, the, the brilliant thing. running back. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Running but back. I'll say, I think Cyclops and having two power thieves kind of hurts you. I don't know, man, because Hope has them all without having to touch. And Rogue has... Rogue is a Hope doesn't have experience. Hope Hope hasn't been in the big game. Hope freezes in the big game. (laughs) And Rogue is a legitimate contender even without power thieving. Oh, I mean... No one wants to talk about my quarterback. Domino, I know, I know. That's a domino quarterback. I will tell you this. My original team plan had multiple man playing cornerback because I had the same idea you did. They'd just be a swarming defense. Yeah, that's right. And when you picked that, I was going to play domino at corner, you know, for the lucky pick sixes coming out of it. And then I had to scratch it and and I I panicked and had to go get Rogue, which I think is a fine panic pick, but wasn't it my strategy? No, Rogue was fine. Dude, do you guys know what my potential draft was? It, It revolved around one mutant and the best athletes I could find. Who is the one mutant? Leech. Okay. So I just had Leech out there and just the 
five best shape you her people I could find. Like North Star, wasn't he like a Canadian athlete? Sure, he's an Olympic skier. Yeah. So I don't think about this. Someday I'm gonna not know something at work that I really need to know, but I'm gonna know that North Star was an Olympic level skier. That's right. Yeah, yeah man, that's up there. All right. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week's uh, podcast. Uh, congrats on Kelsey on winning the first Homo Superior Bowl, and uh, congrats to Marvel Editorial for learning a good lesson this week about when the time putting out comics, when to put things in the comics, and. All those responsibilities. You're yeah. welcome. Our fans welcome. and links to this podcast to Marvel. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening in. Take care. Later. Hello, fellow Danger Room survivors. This is Dane thanking you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to invite you to join the examination community by checking us out at our website and Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, help us grow the community by giving us an Omega Level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.